Being a Better Man, episode 116. All right, guys, welcome to Wednesday. Welcome to Storytime with Alf. Storytime is where I tell a true story from my strange and interesting life. The purpose of the story is not just to entertain you, but also to share with you the lesson or lessons I learned from that story. They might even cause you to reevaluate parts of your life and help you get lessons that you never knew were there. With that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. Some stories are not comfortable to tell, because in order to tell the story, if we're honest, we have to cast a light on a time when we were not at our best or acting smart. In fact, some stories, if we're honest, make us seem pretty stupid. This is one of those stories. I was 18 years old, and I had just returned home from basic training in Georgia. I was hanging out at home because I had managed to get the distinction of becoming a hometown recruiter for a month before I would have to go to my permanent duty station at Fort Hood, Texas. As it turned out, my special duty would later be extended to two months because I was doing such a great job recruiting people for the Army, but that's part of another story. So there I was, living at home and being an Army guy. As luck would have it, one of my buddies from basic training was stationed just down the road about a half hour away at Fort Lewis. His name was Dave, and he was from Lubbock, Texas. I was at basic training for a grand total of three months, including my advanced training, and during that time, Dave and I had become really good friends. You tend to form special bonds with people when you go through things like basic training together. So I was thrilled when I got the call from Dave one day telling me that he had arrived at Fort Lewis. He told me I should come up and see him and we could have some beers and pizza in the post cafeteria. Even though we were not 21, in those days soldiers could drink on post regardless of how old they were. And I'm not sure if it's still like that now. This was October of 1980. I was super excited to see Dave, so I ran outside to jump in a car and go up and see him and welcome him to the state of Washington. My parents had a couple cars at the time, and the one I saw in the driveway was the 1963 Ford Galaxy. It was teal in color with some chrome highlights. It was an awesome car to drive. It was powerful and fast. I looked around for my dad to ask him if I could borrow it, I didn't see him anywhere. I figured the car must be available because it was just sitting there all by itself. So in my excitement to go see my friend, I jumped in the car and took off, headed for Fort Lewis. What I didn't realize at the time, unfortunately, was that my dad was just out of sight in the garage. He was getting oil to put in the car. See, right before I had gone outside... My dad had decided to change the car's oil. He had gone underneath and removed the drain plug. When I pulled out, if I had looked back, I would have seen a tub full of dirty oil laying in the driveway where the car had been. But in my youthful exuberance, I never looked back. 
When my dad emerged from the garage with an armload of oil cans, his heart sank. The car was gone. Somebody, and he figured it must be me, had drove the car off without a drop of oil in the engine. Cell phones would not be invented for a couple more decades, so my dad just went in the house and waited by the phone. He was hoping, hoping with all his might, that I might notice the oil light on the dashboard, that I would notice something wasn't quite right, or that I would return before I caused any irreparable damage. The freeway on-ramp was about 10 miles from our house. I noticed the car sounded a little funny as I pulled onto the freeway, but I was thinking about the pizza I was going to eat, and the beers I was going to drink, and the laughs and memories I was going to share with my friend Dave. The sound of the engine barely registered in my brain. When I got onto the freeway, I was inconvenienced by the fact that this car, which was normally very fast, would not go over 45 miles an hour. I thought that was very strange and decided I should tell my dad about it. But still, I didn't notice the bright red oil light on the dashboard because the focus of my thoughts were elsewhere. About 10 minutes later, I was approaching the off-ramp for the Army base. The car was really acting up now. Now it would only do 35 miles an hour. But I kept the pedal all the way to the floor regardless. I was almost there. As I got off the freeway and began slowing down, that's when I realized for the first time that I may have done something horrible. The car sounded awful. And when I took my foot off the gas pedal, the motor just stopped, and I coasted to a stop on the side of the road. I got out and popped the hood, and the heat from the engine almost knocked me over. I could swear the whole engine was glowing red. I had driven this pristine automobile about 25 miles without any oil. All the moving parts had become so hot that it was essentially welded into one solid block of steel. The car was ruined. I walked to the guard shack and borrowed a phone. It was answered on the first ring. When my dad knew it was me, he just asked where I was. I told him. He cussed under his breath and hung up the phone. About 25 minutes later, I saw my dad driving down the ramp from the freeway in another car. I didn't know what was going to happen. By this time, I realized that the car was destroyed. It was now a completely useless piece of junk, and it was all my fault. And what made it even worse is that I wasn't a kid. I fancied myself a grown man, a soldier, a defender of the nation. Yet I had just done something so stupid, so childlike. I didn't know what my dad was going to do. I didn't say anything. I just stood there. My dad walked up to the car without looking at me. His face looked like it had been chiseled out of granite in the expression of an angry man. He walked around the car. He looked at the engine. He started muttering to himself under his breath. I could tell he was getting angrier and angrier, and I was feeling worse and worse. It would have been better if he had started screaming at me or punching me in the face. I could have dealt with that better than the silence. 
When he finally looked at me, it was like a knife in my heart. His disappointment was palpable, like a smell that lingered around him, and in his eyes was a look that I had never seen before, and I didn't like it at all. We had to leave the car there while he made arrangements to have it moved. The entire ride back home was in silence. It was one of those moments in life I remember feeling like a complete and utter failure. I later realized why he had remained so silent. It was because he was afraid that if he started talking, he would not be able to control himself. He was so angry that he felt as if he opened the bottle, all the contents would come spilling out, and he wouldn't have much control over what happened. And even now, at 36 years later, when I talk about the incident, he still gets a flash of anger in his eyes just for a second. And I don't blame him. I was not acting like a man that day. I was acting like a silly child, and as a result, I destroyed his car. The lesson I learned from this experience was not about me, really. It was about my dad. I have always been able to reflect on this moment and remember it, and remember the way my dad handled it. He would have been completely justified to scream and yell and kick me out of the house or start hitting me with a tire iron, but he didn't do any of those things. Instead, he controlled his anger and his actions, even though every fiber of his being was enraged. He didn't allow his anger to control him. Instead, he controlled his anger. Even in this moment, he was the best example of manhood I could hope for. For him to maintain his dignity and his manhood throughout this incident was the most impactful thing that he could do for me. As I went on in life and became a man, I've thought of it often, and there have been times when I had to control my anger, just like he did. And if it were not for his example, I'm not sure that I would have been able to. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to the newest patron on the Patreon page. Pear Christian Olson has become a patron of this show. Thank you so much, Pear. I really appreciate the support. If you wonder what I'm talking about, check out the links in the show notes or go to patreon.com and search for being a better man. Okay, guys, now head out into the world. And remember that we do not have control over the things we feel. But we do have control over how we handle them. When you make the choice to handle them well, it can leave a positive influence on everyone around you. And you become a better man today than you were yesterday. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad. Signing out.